This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Twizzlers. Yes. Not a sponsor. Nope. Nope. Not uh, currently. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, you know, we are finally in... October. Uh, yes. Halloween is approaching even more so than usual. Uh, and um, I thought it would be fun to talk about a type of candy that sometimes shows up in trick-or-treat kind of situations. Yeah. I, I feel like I really leaned hard into Halloween is coming this year. I feel like like mid-September, I was being the annoying like Oh but yeah, we could start yeah, like Halloween stuff now, right? <laughs> um, which I know can be annoying, especially as someone who gets annoyed by that with Christmas. Oh so no, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I, I as like a semi goth human, like I I feel like I start this in like December. I'm like, oh man, Halloween yeah. is coming up, so yeah, that's it's. I think it's fine. I do feel like I don't. I kind of know my friends who are cool with it. Like I don't really put that on other sure, people, but like yeah. on my group that I know, where I'm like. Horror movies, though? <laughs> then, yeah. Um, I will say Twizzlers was always a candy. I was disappointed to get. Oh, yeah? I have nothing mm. really against them. Um, and sometimes I find myself craving them. In sure. In a strange way. Uh, but I've told this story before. I had this podcast idea for a parody about... <laughs> they're called Twist and Fills, and I swear Hershey has tried to erase that they ever existed. And I even found a whole Reddit about this. Wow. Um, oh. So I'm like, what was in them and or were they just that difficult to make? Because it turns out making Twizzlers is not easy. Um, no, no. And so I imagine Twist and Fills were not easy. Uh, but basically they were Twizzlers that had, uh, there were two fillings and the one I liked was watermelon cherry. And me and my friend would just smuggle them into theaters and we loved them. <laughs> 
but I did write a whole parody series that was supposed to be kind of like a serial where what happened to the twist and fill. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, unfortunately our friends at stuff they don't want you to know turned it down. So I did publish Aww. one, I published one episode called Twisted on Stuff Mom Never Told You You Can Hear. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want a taste of the, like, really wacky, because there's a whole line in there that's like, the pulling peels are not the same and they're not. <laughs> uh, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I believe you. I'm, I'm sure. I don't think I ever had those things, but I believe you. I don't think you would have liked them. No, okay, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it on Spinty. Um Also, I learned through this there is a Twizzler Man creepypasta. Okay. Is, if you don't know what that is, it's just kind of like creepy stuff on Reddit usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a Twizzler Man challenge. I leave that up to you to look up if you dare. It is kind of upsetting, though. I will tell you oh. that. So be warned. Oh. It's kind of like Candyman-esque. But with oh, Twizzlers. okay. With Twizzlers? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. You no. Tell me your experience. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no experience with any of that. Um, but I do, I do like a Twizzler. Um, I like... I don't like the mini ones. We're going to mm. talk about this more than once throughout this episode because yeah. um, I feel I, I feel like they're they're just a totally different texture, and I don't want anything to do with them. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I like a Twizzler. Um, I even like them a little bit more when they're like I, like it's a different product when it's slightly stale than when it's totally yeah. fresh. And like uh-huh. I I argue with myself about which I like better. Yeah. But uh, for a while in high school, they were for sure my favorite movie theater candy. And that was also my first experience with like, oh, no, you can totally overeat something and you will be so mad about it. Um, Pretty immediately (laughs) was with Twizzlers. I was like, oh, um, this was a great plan right up until it heckin wasn't. (laughs) And now I hate my life. Um, yeah. Mm. So. A valuable lesson was learned. <laughs> a Be lesson a was learned. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, there's, there's like a, like a 10 Twizzler limit. <laughs> yes. That's it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Which is kind of funny because that relates to, I don't think we're going to talk about it too much uh, in here, but that kind of relates to, so a lot of people like me think licorice candy when we think. Uh, Twizzlers. We think that they're licorice. Mm-hmm. And I would say see our licorice episode, which I, I think has one of the most chill taste tests ever at the end <laughs> when I tried licorice. Um, but it turns out licorice is not really what's going on with a lot of Twizzlers. Yep. Uh, nope. But that didn't stop a lawsuit about licorice and Twizzlers from happening from eating too much. Twizzlers, which actually don't have licorice. Oh, anyway. oh, huh. Well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> I think we did talk about that in the licorice episode, though, is why I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, check, that one. so check that one out um, for more information mm-hmm. about licorice. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, also see our other candy episodes, because I feel like Twizzlers was really coming up when a lot of the big candies we've talked about were coming up. Yeah. But that brings us to our question, I guess. Mm-hmm. Twizzlers. What are they? Well, uh, Twizzlers is a brand of candy best known for their, like, bright maroon red sticks of, of 
chewy strawberry flavored candy. Yeah, um, they're, they're these hollow tubes with ridges running lengthwise that are then twisted into a swizzle shape, um, each about the size of a, of a drinking straw. The texture is like, it's like firmer than a gumdrop, um, sort of akin to a hard gummy candy, but like a little bit starchier. Other colors and flavors do exist, but the now classic strawberry is just simple and sweet and fruity in this like very nondescript kind of way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's hypothetically (laughs) strawberry, but that's not, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because like there's, there's a little bit of a tang to it. But it's mostly just bright red flavored. Yeah. Yeah. They are sold in various sized packs in stores and often at concession stands, um, particularly in movie theaters. Um, They like, they make chewing more fun. Um, (laughs) They're they're entirely unlike eating a strawberry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're sort of like if, if like an Olive Garden breadstick was candy. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're like, all right, if you can think back to when you kind of had an oral fixation, like like you wanted to put everything in your mouth, or maybe you still have that, and, uh, you know, I don't know your life, no judgment here, but, but okay, if that stage of your life intersected with a stage of your life where you played with Barbies, Mm -hmm. Twizzlers are like how you wanted Barbie to taste. Oh. Especially, like, her little rubbery feet. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Nailed it again. (laughs) Nailed it again. (laughs) If you've never had this product, I... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) Um... Okay, so yes, there there are a number of flavors and formats here, but but the strawberry twists are the most popular, um, and they come in everything from plastic wrapped singles to packages about the size of a standard chocolate bar, which contain ten twists, to tubs containing like 180 twists. Um, you can also currently find flavors including peach, cherry, watermelon, orange, lemonade, blue raspberry, grape, fruit punch. Strawberry, but zero sugar. Um, black licorice, chocolate flavored, and mystery. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> they they did reveal what the mystery flavor was. Do you want? Do you want to? Do you want a spoiler? I feel like it. It's gonna be like at the end of Indiana Jones. My face will melt. <laughs> do I? Is it gonna melt my face? I don't think it's gonna melt your face. Okay. Okay. And yes, I would like to know. Sure, it's raspberry. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> Face intact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, oh goodness. All right. Uh, you can also find uh, different shapes, including uh, minis, which are shorter, bites, which okay are like this amalgam of like six small tubes of candy smushed together lengthwise and then cut into these bite-sized pieces crosswise. They they look like like a red colored pasta that I would really enjoy because it would soak up a lot of sauce. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also nibs, which are these like solid thick ropes of candy cut crosswise into bite sized bits. Then you have pull and peel, which I think are six skinny solid ropes of 
of candy that are twisted up with each other and then cut into like normal Twizzler length pieces. You can separate off each rope like like string cheese, okay? Mm-hmm. And then there are a few like flavors slash shape outliers in the form of filled twists um, and filled bites and filled minis, um, which are like twisted tubes, but instead of being hollow, they're, they're filled with a softer candy of a contrasting color and flavor. Um, so combo. So this is like the most like your long lost. Yes. Whatever mm-hmm. they are. But um, mm. but yeah, but but still different, still different. And I don't want to argue with you about it. Um, yeah. yeah uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> combinations include key lime pie, orange cream pop and strawberry smoothie, each of which have like a creamy center and then sweet and sour flavors, um, cherry kick and citrus punch. And then the perhaps more conventional strawberry watermelon, strawberry lemonade, pink guava and paradise punch. I feel so betrayed by all of this. I'm sorry. And I have no reason to. I, <laughs> um, I feel personally attacked. I I know. I, I can only offer my condolences for your loss. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the brand also does sell gummy candies in uh, uh, cherry, peach and cherry, grape and cherry, and lemonade and cherry flavors. And yes, although this chewy, ropey candy format is sometimes known as licorice. That word more accurately refers to like uh, this particular flavor and or the the root, licorice root, that the flavor originally comes from. Um, so the terms red licorice or licorice type candy are like still confusing, but more technically correct. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, the main plant that makes them is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, over near the town of Hershey. The brand is currently owned by Hershey. Um, and the candy is made by creating a sort of like slurry or dough um, made of corn syrup, enriched wheat flour, sugar, and cornstarch, um, along with a few things to add flavor and color and to further help the slurry and the finished candy both maintain the right, like, texture and or consistency. Um, the flavor is artificial, the color is red 40, and they do contain palm oil. So this stuff is, like, really old school. <laughs> these are all, <laughs> these are all like, like, controversial ingredients that I'm not going to get into the nutritional controversy of today because that is way too much. Those are whole mm-hmm. separate episodes. Um, uh, and the palm oil is more an environmental thing than a nutritional thing. But yes, just just to say, most candies have removed, like like most large brands have worked to remove these ingredients from their rosters. But that's what you get with a Twizzler. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, this uh this slurry, which which kind of looks like like warm play-doh. Um, is cooked for four hours, um, then cooled to the right temperature and extruded through these um, these specially designed nozzles that that kind of press and form it into its its ridged tube shape, and also rapidly rotate so that the the, the rope of candy that comes out has that distinctive uh, swizzle shape. The ropes are laid out on a belt that that pulls them through a machine that cuts them down to whatever size you're going for. And uh, then they're put through a drying machine for anywhere from 4 to 18 hours. Um, after they are dried, they are sorted out into different package sizes. And, yes, this means that hypothetically, all types of Twizzlers are indeed made from the same recipe. 
The minis really do feel very different, and the feel can kind of affect the flavor. Okay, what I strongly suspect is going on here is that the mini ones, okay, like like the ratio of surface area to interior package space is is mm. so different from all other package formats that it keeps them like moister. <laughs> I love this because there has been a lot of angst about this. (laughs) There is. Yes. Yeah, because for some reason, even a single normal-sized Twizzler is much better to me than these little minis, which I think are just, like, why? (laughs) He's making a very dismissive hand gesture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Get away from me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And uh, there are amazing videos of how these are made. Uh, It's really cool and it's very complicated. So, yeah, yeah. Um, looking it up. Absolutely. Um, Unwrapped even did a segment on them. Um, so mm-hmm. I spent part of yesterday watching Mark Summers. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> well, what about the nutrition? Yeah, well, candy is a treat and treats are nice. It's true. Yeah. It's true. We are going to talk a little bit more about that in, <laughs> in, in the history yes. part, but yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we do have some numbers for you. We do. Um, okay, so apparently every normal-sized twisted Twizzler is in fact twisted about 15 times. Yeah, they have some very specific numbers about that. <sighs> they do. It's adorable. Um, uh, okay, uh, this is more like a, like a fun fact than a number, but there is a number in here. As of the early 2000s, the Twizzler manufacturing plant had these four robots designed to help stack cases of Twizzlers um, onto wooden pallets for shipping, you know? And they named the four robots Fred, Wilma, Pebbles, and Bam Bam. That is a fun fact. It's pretty cute. (laughs) It is. Uh, And despite being a very polarizing candy. I don't know if you knew this, listener. But very <laughs> from, polarizing. Yeah, from my description, if you if you didn't guess, um some people <laughs> dislike these. <laughs> and they are yes. strongly they have they have strongly worded opinions sometimes. They definitely do. Uh some of those strongly worded opinions use phrases like melted plastic bags to describe <laughs> the taste. <laughs> um and also say that anyone who likes them must be untrustworthy. Oh. Yes, we're not going to get into this too much, but I did have a lot of fun reading about the rivalry (laughs) with red vines. Oh, Um, yeah. yeah. Twizzlers came first, by the way. (laughs) They did, but people have opinions. They certainly do. (laughs) But that being said, Twizzlers are pretty successful. As of 2019, they were the most popular licorice uh, by far in the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Y&S factory in Lancaster, Pennsylvania is still going, uh, and they produce about 200 tons of Twizzlers a day. Yeah, um, that's that's about 400,000 pounds a day, or 194 million pounds a year. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, those, those tanks that cook up every batch of Twizzler dough or slurry hold 900 gallons apiece. Dang. <laughs> um, and uh, Strawberry Twist are the most popular product, accounting for about 70% of production. Um, a Twizzler representative once claimed that they are the second most purchased concession at movie theaters after popcorn. Hmm. Um, 
In 2022, <laughs> a survey <laughs> on Fandango found Twizzlers were the favorite non-chocolate candy. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sure. more sense to me. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. And and I think I think that that quote was from a little while ago. I think that was from Oh gosh, I read a lot about Twizzlers. Uh I'm going to say <laughs> around 20 uh, 2002. Um mm. so so I don't know if like you know, I'm thinking about like the rise and fall of various movie theater concessions and like Butterfinger BBs mm. and oh. um uh what are the other good like like cookie dough bites and then like the, yeah. the frozen things that have come up anyway? So like I'm like, I you know, yeah, sure. It could be true. Yeah. I have no proof to the contrary. Me neither. <laughs> According to one source, Twizzler sales in the US amounted to about two hundred and eighteen point four million dollars in a year-long period from twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. Wow. So, yeah. Popular. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got quite a history. <laughs> they do. Um, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. <laughs> I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. And we're back. Thank you, Sponsors. Yes, thank you. And again, see our licorice episode and our other candy episodes. I feel like in a lot of these that are, quote, newer, 
I'm always like, and to get back to the history of licorice at this time. And I'm like, I don't know that's necessary. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if we've already kind of done it. <laughs> but yes, you can see those. Uh, that being said, Twizzlers are one of the oldest candies in the United States and a product of the industrialization and commercialization of candies that was made possible by new technology. So like what I said at the top when... I was reading this. I was just reminded a lot of other candy episodes we've done because it sort of had a similar story. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Twizzlers were a product of the Young and Smiley Company, one of America's oldest candy companies, first established in 1845 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, in the early days, they offered several types of candy, including licorice-based candies. I also saw licorice twist-based candies, but I also saw not licorice twist-based candies. <laughs> so... I don't know. Licorice-based candies. Um, a handful of licorice companies, including Young and Smiley, merged in 1902 to form the National Licorice Company. Hmm. That same year, Young and Smiley decided to focus on licorice twist. A few decades later, in 1929, innovations allowed for a more spiraled licorice, and they called this product... Twizzlers. Hmm. It's a great name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, even with that fun name change, though, it took a while for Twizzlers to take off. They basically sold fine, uh, but nothing noteworthy. Hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until Young and Smiley, which I believe had trademarked themselves as Y&S at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, they rebranded themselves as Y&S Candies in 1968. And that is when Twizzlers started to gain some momentum. Yeah, enough so that they bought this 105,000-square-foot factory space in uh, 1977. Right. And they caught the eye of the Hershey Company, which bought YNS that year. And uh, Hershey really put some resources behind boosting Twizzlers' popularity with marketing campaigns, emphasizing their unique shape, their versatility, their chewiness, claiming you could use them in projects <laughs> or as a straw, um, that they were a good on-the-go snack because they didn't melt like chocolate snacks, perhaps, perhaps, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and somewhat of a health product. Okay, so I'm pretty sure what this is referring to is because I remember some of this like advertising and or marketing from a little bit later, maybe like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, so this was a time, uh, and you can see our sugar episodes for more about this, uh, that fat was being really villainized. And so Twizzlers was positioning itself as a low-fat snack. Um, <laughs> like some of the packaging still bears that very text. So... Um, yeah, so much healthier than chocolate because sugar is so much better than fat for you. That's my sarcasm mm -hmm. voice, if you couldn't tell. I know that my regular <laughs> voice sounds very close to my sarcasm voice sometimes, so just wanted to point mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, on top of that, uh, in these like early years of Hershey owning this company, um, or uh, owning Twizzlers, uh, they started offering Twizzlers and flavors a lot of us know today, including perhaps the most well-known strawberry, but also a bunch of other things like mint, which I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, root beer was one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Legend has it that while on the moon, Neil Armstrong said, I could go for some Twizzlers right now. <laughs> that is also just according to the company. Yes. So it's, uh, you know, it's, again, I don't. It's their I, legend. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, I don't have any um, information to the contrary. I cannot prove them wrong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, there have been a lot of products offered under Twizzlers' name. 
uh, different flavors and shapes. In 1994, they debuted Pull and Peels, which are not what I'm talking about, Twist and Fills. Those were in the early 2000s, even though you've erased them from your website. Um, in 2004, Twizzler Candy Straws, which were essentially like they just had the, the tips chopped off. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah you can you would use a straw. You can just bite the tips off, but that's fine. Sure. Do whatever yeah, you want. But yeah, I yeah. could sell it, you know? Yeah, sure. Uh, and in 2020, they launched the Isler, which is like a Twizzler without the twist, which oh. is one of my favorite things I've ever read. That's hilarious. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> is that there? is just wow. a sample of what they've done. Also, apparently, while trying to broker the Iran nuclear deal in 2015, 15 U.S. officials ate 10 pounds of Twizzlers between June and July. Wow. Yeah. I think uh, mozzarella sticks was also a big one. Wow. I mean, they were stressed out. They need. They deserved. They needed. They the deserved fuel. a treat. Yeah. <laughs> they needed the fuel. Yeah. Um, and then going back to your point at the top, Lauren. Um, over the years, there has been a lot of speculation and a fair amount of complaining about how Hershey <laughs> has changed the recipe of Twizzlers. Um, in response, Hershey released a statement on Twitter in 2016 maintaining they had not changed anything. Um, unsurprisingly, this didn't stop the theories, including comparisons about the taste difference between small packet Twizzlers versus full-sized ones. Mm-hmm. 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 You're not alone, Lauren. I... The truth is out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah yeah I I maintain that I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's an air exposure thing um mm. I I think this is this is at the heart of it but okay anyway um around 2017 um the company partnered with Microsoft to use advanced data processing and machine learning to help create a more standard Twizzler okay so when you package a food. You have to label it, here in the United States anyway, with the net weight. And at that point, you are then legally obligated to provide that weight or more in every package. Um, it's, a, it's a consumer protection law thing, right? And, and with a lot of stuff like, like cereal, for say, uh, you can just put a few more puffs in or like measure your fill by weight even um, in order to get to the correct number. Twizzlers are a lot bigger and heavier as individual units than a cereal puff, um, but they do still vary in weight based on a number of factors on, on the factory floor. Um, so, okay, so so the workers at that plant knew that when the dough was a little too hot, the candy would come off the line a little heavier than usual. Um, and when it was a little too cool, it would come off a little lighter. So in order to keep to the, to the legally agreed upon weight of, of the candy per package, they were basically wasting product by airing on the side of more per package. Um, to reduce this waste, they were weighing the product that was coming off the line every 15 minutes and making manual adjustments to the machines like a dozen times a day every day. <laughs> so <laughs> they set up mm-hmm. this one special line that could collect data from 23 sensors and automatically transmit it for processing. They measured stuff like uh, temperature, pressure, rotations per minute, um, and and the final weight of each piece. They collected more than 60 million data points over the course of two months. 
and then tracked, you know, which factors affected the weight, and then taught the machines to adjust themselves as often as necessary, um, which is some 240 times a day, as it turns out, um, in order to create more standard pieces. And (laughs) through this process, they have managed to reduce weight variance by about 50%. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, the tech behind Twizzlers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so cool. Like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, and the, the guy, the, the, the employee who had kind of, like, spearheaded this program um, was talking about how, like, how revolutionary it was and how they were going to try to apply it to all kinds of other candy making around the Hershey brand or company um, in the future. Because, yeah, like, I mean, like, like it doesn't sound like, you know, a, a couple grams here or there. But when you're talking about the amount of production, the the 200 tons a day, like, that's right. – that really adds up. So, sure, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, um, <laughs> I did not know that Carnegie Mellon – had an information systems department that's called Heinz College, but they do. Um, And in 2019, along similar lines, um, some students there helped further adjust the Twizzlers line, uh, this time to help save energy. (laughs) Wow. Wow, Twizzlers. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It turns out that rotation thing really takes a lot. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fascinating that it's one of the oldest candies in the U.S. It does. I've read a lot of funny, I would say, uh, articles that were like it has that very like old timey vibe. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And yet it has all of this like cutting edge technology. Yeah. To make it. (laughs) So cool. So weird. It's yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fascinating. (laughs) Um, Oh, my gosh. Listeners. Please write in about your favorite Twizzlers. If you know about Twist and Phil, <laughs> please let me know. I'm yeah. not alone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right in. <laughs> but I think that's what we have to say about Twizzlers for now. <laughs> I think I think it is, yes. Um, uh, we do already have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener. Pull and peel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the same. Sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Thank you for letting me have the moment of grief <laughs> over the, <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> the twist of pills. Um, okay. So, <laughs> our Rick wrote, so I definitely need to try Simis. Sounds so good. And listener mail is always so much fun. At the end of the episode, or as a full episode, I love seeing how other people see various things. The diversity of people and memories, ideas, history, etc. is so wonderful. I always love hearing about things like that from other people. Just such a comforting feel. And love the interviews with various people in the food world, the cooks, chefs, authors, providers, mixologists, and on and on. I love the way you do this, as it is just such a natural and smooth approach. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck. (laughs) We do not feel smooth. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) But I appreciate that a lot. Um, I love trout, but had never heard of Lahontan trout. Hopefully it is something that can be recovered so I can try it at some point. In general, trout is such a wonderful and versatile dish. Baked or grilled, stuffed with lemon and dill. Mm. Lightly brined, lightly coated in Old Bay or Creole spice and smoked with cherry wood. Floured and lightly pan fried. Just a great fish. Hmm. And Colch. It is a great beer. I'll try tasters from breweries. I think the issue in the U.S. is too many people don't know what a Colch should taste like. Sibling Revelry's Cabin Fever is really good. And Yellow Hammer's T-minus Tangerine is another. Always look forward to what you bring us and general fun of the show. Keep on keeping on. And good to hear that maybe Grey Cat is going to keep letting Lauren in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll, oh. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> You're at the whims of Grey Cat. Any day now. I, aren't we change. all? Really? Yeah. That- <laughs> true. True. <laughs> oh, heck. But, uh, but, but yeah, yeah. Agreed all around. Oh, man. Yes. I, um, uh, I, love, I love these episodes where I have cravings for very specific things that I've never tried. Um, but yeah. trout in general is so good. Yes, I have had a real craving since we did that, which I'd love to remind people we did that while Foo Fighters was blasting and we were talking about <laughs> conservation. Um, 
I think I said I did have swordfish. I had swordfish while we were there, and it was delicious. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I've I've been on a real. I want to get some trout mm-hmm. soon, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. It's important. Uh, and I yeah, we we say it all the time, but we love these listener mails. We love listener mail episodes. It's so fun to hear you interact. Oh yeah, uh, off each other. Huh. Uh, call, like call for people to help answer questions and stuff. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> oh, always, always, always. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, okay. Speaking of another one, Melanie wrote, "You sent out a call for soup recipes on your Dijon episode, which I just finished listening to, and I had to share this. My favorite soup recipe." Uh, This is based on my recollection of a carrot coconut curry soup that is served at a Nordic spa that I love to relax at. Uh, When I was first recalling it, I thought it was sweet potato-based, hence the soup does not have carrots. Instead, it has sweet potatoes. Still delicious. Okay, so here's the recipe. Love to hear if you try it. All right, so I'm going to read it out. So, okay, so so for the soup, um, ingredients, um, half to one onion diced, uh, two garlic cloves minced, or just roughly chopped, um, or whatever. Uh, Two to three celery ribs, diced. Um, Two pounds of sweet potatoes, uh, peeled and diced. Half a teaspoon of dried thyme leaves. Four cups chicken broth. A can of coconut milk. About two teaspoons of salt, or to taste. Um, Like one-eighth to one-half teaspoon of pepper, to taste. Two tablespoons of curry powder. um, And one-half teaspoon of ground cayenne pepper. Then to garnish, uh, eight ounces of bacon cut into like half-inch pieces and fresh chopped parsley. So, okay. Uh, Method. Start by cooking the bacon in a large pot or Dutch oven over medium heat, eight to ten minutes until crisp. Remove to a paper towel-lined plate. Uh, Leave at least three tablespoons of bacon fat in the pot or all of it if you aren't into having to measure hot bacon grease and if you like delicious soup. (laughs) Add the chopped onion and celery and cook about four minutes. Then add the garlic and cook for another minute. Stir in the diced sweet potatoes, thyme, salt, pepper, and curry powder. Add the chicken broth and bring to a boil. Partially cover and simmer 20 minutes or until the sweet potatoes are easily pierced with a fork. Then uh, puree or or blend, an immersion blender is super helpful here, um, until the soup is smooth. Be careful, it's hot. Um, Then stir in one can of coconut milk. Taste and season as desired, uh, and serve sprinkled with the crispy bacon and chopped parsley on top. Mm. The best part about this soup recipe is I am the only one in my house who likes sweet potatoes, so I get to make a whole pot and eat it all myself. It makes for a work-from-home lunch that I really look forward to. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for writing in. Oh, man. Oh. I would – I might revert – that to carrots instead of sweet potatoes Mm -hmm. but oh that sounds so good it does and I don't know why I haven't thought of because I make a lot of like sweet potato based soups sure I've never topped it with bacon top every soup with bacon why have I not done that you've been missing out heck I really (laughs) have it sounds so good. I oh guess, yeah, the only, whenever I'm doing like a chowder kind of thing, I usually cook off some bacon in the beginning and then, um, yeah, have like bacon bits at the end. Um, yeah, it's really good in like a corn chowder. Oh my gosh. I am so ready. I, like I said in that episode, <laughs> I am ready for soups. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is very much appreciated. Yes. Um, yes. 
Yes, can't ah. wait to make it. And anyone else, if you have soup recipes <laughs> or if you try this one, let us know. Yeah, totally. Oh, heck. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, thank you to both of these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 